Oh my gosh, you guys, Eric and I are back recording in community with you all after an forced hiatus of a couple of weeks of COVID. Wow, we were feeling really poorly, but so excited to be back on top of our game and back with you all and talking today about choice. And we go deep today on choice. How much choice is too much? We talk about the paradox of choice. We talk about the Stoics. We talk about my sister, Susanna. We talk about whether or not we can make choices as to our values and then make choices as to our actions. Or should we just choose to act in a certain way and somehow that defines our values? And then at the end of it all, Somehow, Eric and I choose to agree. Today's a really good one, so lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. What do you want to choose to talk about today? I don't know. You choose. You choose. You choose. <laughs> you see what I did there? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I... So that's so interesting, right? Because I offered you a choice and you couldn't do it. Because choosing is hard, right? Choices can be hard. And it's funny when there's a lot more things to choose from. It doesn't necessarily make things easier. What do you mean? Uh, there's this concept, the paradox of choice. When we have an infinite amount of choices, it can actually get harder to make a decision rather than easier. It's not just a concept. There's a ton of research around this. So we believe, one would believe and one would assume that if you have all of the choices available to you, if you can do whatever you want, if you can choose from a, an unlimited number of options, you should be so happy, right? Because you can do whatever you want. Yeah, but research shows it's overwhelming, right? I don't even know that it's... I don't know that the research uses the term overwhelming so much as the bottom line is it's actually not a recipe for happiness. So I think we can just sort of leave it at that. So the paradox of choice, we're going out and saying to people, you choose. And the truth is with an open, endless menu, it's not a recipe for happy. So, so, what, so what, no choice. So what is? Not having choice, be, be, not having options. Be, being a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting, right? Because that's what happens with four-year-olds. They get so frustrated because they don't have nearly enough autonomy and they want it so badly. So that'll be next month's bracelet. What? Don't be a toddler? No. You get what you get. You don't get upset. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of the opposite. The opposite of you choose. Yeah. You get what you get and you don't get upset. Well, I'm just thinking, you put on a bracelet, you get what you get. <laughs> Would not be popular. Not, not be popular. Not on message. So I think this question of choice is so incredibly nuanced. I do think that we have a lot more agency in our lives than we often think we do. So you start with that, right? So what do you mean by agency? What do you mean by agency? You're the one. That, don't turn that one on me. So uh, to bring everybody up to speed, yesterday or the day before, Eric told me that he was listening to a podcast and the, the guest, the speaker, 
said that he believes the key to happiness from all the research he's done and everything he's seen, the key to happiness lies at the intersection of agency and gratitude, right? That's your story. What is, is that about, right? Yeah, that's what he said. So agency is about having control of your destiny and being able to make choices. Okay. Spoiler alert. None of us have control over our destiny. Well, we have control over our choices. All of them? Mm, most of them? Some of them? I don't know. What, what do you think? I think some of them. Sorry, my text messages are going off and I muted everything, but it's not working. Control over our destiny. I think that's a hard pass because our destiny has so much, there's so much outside of our control. I mean, I'm thinking about illness, right? So it's again, really nuanced. On the one hand, we do have a lot of influence on our health and well-being, a lot. Right? A regular walking practice, just that alone reduces our risk of dozens and dozens of diseases. But it doesn't turn those risks into zero. You see healthy, happy people doing all the right things, coming down with terrible diseases. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I'm overstating agency, but as far as just having some control, I guess, control over our, our choices and feeling like we have more choices because at the end of the day, we are the sum of the choices that we make, right? What do you mean? We make all these little choices, how to parent, how to react to other people or respond to other people, how to work, how to... Uh, express our values, how to we, we choose to take care of our body or not. And we add up all these choices. We choose what to eat. We add up all these choices. And that sort of sums up who we are. Um, I don't know. When you put it like that, it all seems huge. Like we choose how we parent. And I, that, that just doesn't feel authentic to me. I mean, it's, it makes it sound like we sit down, right? Baby is born <laughs> and we sit down and we decide this is how we choose. This is how we're going to parent. I'm going to practice attachment. I'm going to be an attachment parenter. <laughs> is that a thing? Attachment parenting? Of yeah. course. Okay. Um, really? Are you that out of touch with parenting? It's been a while. <laughs> So what happens? Your kids go off to college and you forget all of the... Do you remember how to change a diaper? Yes. Excellent. Because maybe one day there'll be grandchildren and diapers to change again. Looking forward to it. So to me, this whole question of choice, I get much more granular about it. And maybe it's just because that all seems really overwhelming to say, I'm going to choose my values. And... It seems to me that we are the f a function of our granular changes, our, our granular choices. I'm going to push back because I think that 
choosing our values is, okay. is I, really important. Oh, yeah. Really? So you have sat down and you have chosen your values. If I said to you right now, what are your values? What did you, what values did you choose? There is literally no way you're going to be able to answer that. Like you can come up with something off the top of your head because you're brilliant. But I don't believe you have made conscious choices about your values. I think over time and over, over my life, I think one, certainly of the big ones, is I choose to live with integrity. And I have, I have choices. I have choices presented when the clerk at Starbucks gives me $10 too much change. I have the choice to follow my value of integrity and say, nope, you gave me too much money. Or I have the choice to say, whew, 10 bucks. I'm keeping it. I, 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 you're saying two different things to me. I, I, I don't question that you live your life with integrity. Believe me, I, don't, I, I know that about you. But I don't believe, and you can tell me I'm wrong, but I don't believe that there was a moment where you chose, where you said, I am going to choose to be a person who lives with integrity. That's not a, that's not a choice you made. You choose to give the 10 bucks back. That's the choice in the moment. And, and this is exactly my point, which is why I kind of disagree with that structure. All of those little choices add up to your character. All of those little choices add up to your lifestyle and to the person who you are. But I guess that's it. I guess that's a big part of the question. Is it top down or bottom up? You're suggesting it's top down. And I don't know that it is. I mean, I don't know that I ever woke up one day and chose. Now I'm thinking about it. No, I never did. I never woke up in one day and said, I am going to choose to be a person who has a regular walking practice for the benefit of my mind, my mood, and my body. I never made that choice. I make the choice on the daily, well, not every day, but you know, most days to walk and therefore I became a person who lives that way. So I would argue that there are people who do it top down and there are people who do it bottom up and sort of a spectrum in between, as I love my spectrums. You do. Can you name the two polar ends of the spectrum, as you often do? I... Spaghetti people, <laughs> spaghetti love, and our love. For anybody who doesn't know that reference, you got to go back and, look and listen to the love podcast. Yeah. So not at the, not at the moment, but I do think there's, there's sort of a spectrum and some people, I think, are more top-down. They're more conscious. They're more set in their ways. I can think of some of the podcasts that I listen to. And I listen to these people, and they talk about how they set their values. And they sit down, and they make a plan around their values. And then that's how they choose to live their life. And like you said, I think that there are other people who just sort of make those decisions 
every single day and it turns uh, that in turn would be sort of bottom up the small decisions crystallize the values and i think other people set the values and that crystallizes the small decisions for them wow that is so interesting and two questions i guess around this the first is which of those do you think you are well, as I said, it's a spectrum, and I would say that I am sort of right in the middle. I do feel that I have this high-level sense of, of values or set of values, and I feel like I also then put them into practice. I, I just... See, the idea of you choose connotes to me this moment of choosing between A and B or A, B and C or whatever. And I am still hard pressed to believe that there was a moment in your life when you said to yourself, I am going to choose to be a man of integrity. Like, I just don't know that you ever had to make that choice. And therefore, I am a, a man of integrity, and therefore, I'm giving back the 10 bucks. Because that, that seems to suggest that, you know, there was a moment you were like, hmm, I could be a person of integrity, or I could be an ass. Which one? <laughs> hmm. Let's see. Let me think and let me choose. You mean on, on, at the top level? Yeah, at the top level. Like, was there a moment where you were, you actually made that choice between being an ass and being a person of integrity? And then you were like, no, I'm going to choose integrity. And then after you made that choice, then the smaller choices that aligned uh, fell into place because then they become easy. Well, there was a time in, in my younger years when I did sort of look in the mirror and look at some of my recent behaviors and actually say to myself, self, self, <laughs> you've been an ass. <laughs> and I chose and I, I didn't like that self. And I chose in that moment, in that realization at least to, to be much less of an ass, if not to, huh. to not be an ass at all. All right. So you are a little top down and bottom up. Yeah. Interesting. And you? I just, I think I just wander through life making the choices as I go that align with the person I've, I am. I think I have done all this work on, so I guess, uh, oh gosh, I guess I'm a little top down and bottom up too, right? Because I have done all this work on my dream life, what that looks like. And I have tried to be intentional about how I want to live my life vis-a-vis -vis the time I spend, right? How do I spend my time? What is important to me? Because time is my biggest problem. Uh, my biggest problem is not whether to keep the 10 bucks or give the 10 bucks back to the guy at Starbucks. My time, my 
issue is if I'm not really careful, I will fritter away my time on things that are not actually important to me or aligned with my values. So looking just at, at that as a microcosm, I guess I am top down and bottom up because I have to say to myself over and over again, like very frequently, make careful choices about your time. There you go. Huh. Revelation in a podcast. Interesting. All right. So therefore, everyone, we have now solved this for everyone, because if it's true for Eric and for me, it's clearly true for everyone. Your the trajectory of your life is going to be a combination of the choices you make top down. What are your values? What's important to you? How do you want to live your life? And then making the little choices on the daily that align with that. Yeah, even even today we were walking into a Starbucks and I held the door open for you and there's a young woman walking out with with her coffee and she was, you know, a few steps back or whatever, but I waited and held the door for her. Like that was a, a conscious choice because I am right, I have integrity, I'm chivalrous, shall we say, or a gentleman and uh, you know, I thought about that in the moment. Like I could have, I could have let the door go and walked in and it wouldn't have been awkward because she was far enough uh, away yeah, that it right. wouldn't have been awkward. But I chose to do that in the moment. So it is about the small choices as well. They all sort of need to align. And I think actually that's another sort of key to happiness because if you have the high level values of integrity and whatever else you want to you want to say um time saving and and all that and then your small choices don't align with those and they're in conflict i think that's a a path towards unhappiness or dissatisfaction so aligning the small choices with the big choices, I think, is really important. I think that's maybe one of the most important things to happiness, for sure, that kind of alignment. And and maybe you're right. Maybe finding that kind of alignment really does require some reflection uh, and crystallization of what your bigger values are so that it makes the choices easier. And it makes it, right, the more clarity you have around your bigger values, the easier it theoretically should be to make the choices. For instance, I, one of my values, somebody could say, I could say, is to uh, honor my body. And one of my goals is to feel as physically well as I can. And if that's really one of my values, then there are certain choices I have to make, like the three chocolate chip cookies I ate right before we sat down to this podcast, not in alignment. And as a result, not feeling great about They weren't even good. Like if they were, um, our son makes some of the world's most delicious chocolate chip cookies and eating chocolate chip cookies that my son has baked and left for us for the morning, that actually does align with my values. 
<laughs> right, because they're delicious, and we have they're a, made with love. Right, we have a, a thing that we've always said to our family that anything that's made with love tastes better. So, eating those chocolate chip cookies aligns with my values. Eating the crappy chocolate chip cookies that <laughs> I made this weekend, which are not very good, and eating them just because they were there does not. Well, in your defense, you used like a gluten-free mix. Some of those gluten-free products are amazing. Yeah. Yep. So. I, I don't, you know, thanks for blaming the the tool and not the artist or whatever that expression is, but it's on me. It's on you. Okay. So. Gluten-free brownies, they're the bomb. They're just like, there's a fine line between a gluten-free brownie and a fudge. Mm, yum. Fine line. Yeah. So, yeah. And when, right, when you, when you have the high level values, when one of your values is family first mm. and you have a choice to take the weekend and fly our daughter to, off to college together, that's what we choose to do. It's, it's family first. Or uh, if, my mother needs something, it's family first. I'll make the two and a half hour drive. And that's that's the choice. It's not something that I, I really have to spend a lot of time on. Okay, so we have cleared this up. Top down and bottom up as far as choices. I want to, we've got a few minutes and I want to spend a couple of minutes maybe if we could talk about something something else that we disagree on so that's always fun which is around how much choice we have in our emotions and how we uh, deal with things that come up in our life because as we were preparing for this podcast and planning for this podcast we started a little discussion around that uh, that I don't feel like we resolved and then I talked with my sister who's a therapist about this conversation as well around this like how much choice do we have about how we feel about things so i did some more digging into this because this is around one of my favorite things is the stoics and they speak very deeply about emotions and people always think of stoics as being emotionless and this is a slight tangent from what we talked about before, but the Stoics accept that there are emotions. And when... Well, that's really big of them. <laughs> okay, the sto <laughs> we're starting there. The Stoics accept that there are emotions. Excellent. And if we are, let's just say someone is rude to us, maybe it was uh, a friend, they did or said something behind our back. So we are going to feel hurt by that. And the Stoics acknowledge that. It's going, it, it hurts when someone is rude to you, right? You, I'm you, listening. You accept that? I'm listening. But then we have the choice of how we let that hurt affect us. Do we hold a grudge? Do we curse and get upset for weeks? Or do we experience the hurt and let it go? Okay. Just no. 
<laughs> just no. Okay, you're you're you uh, you're speaking to me and the Stoics now. You, you disagree. You, you speak for the Stoics in this conversation. Just not not to make you feel like a whole lot of pressure, but you are now speaking for the entire Stoic philosophy. So I hope you're cool with that. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, I've got my PhD in Stoicism. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I know about Stoicism, I learned on TikTok. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> and a book or two. Um, no, I'm kidding. You are way more knowledgeable than that. We just joke that everything our daughter knows about many things she learned on TikTok. Um, because that suggests, so where you sort of went with that is, okay, acknowledging that experiences can cause you hurt, can cause you to feel and experience emotions, right? We're, <laughs> we're aligned with that. Yes. But then this idea of, but at, but then you should let it go. So how long? How long do the Stoics say you're allowed to feel hurt for before you're supposed to let it go? Before you're supposed to choose to let it go? 72 drachmus. This <laughs> is a Stoic measure of time. Before minutes were invented. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, this whole idea of putting some kind of construct around how it is you are appropriately supposed to process your emotions. What's okay? How long is it okay to feel hurt for? What are the things that are justifiable hurt versus that shouldn't bother you? The Stoics say, just let that one go. Nobody can make that judgment for another person. Nobody can say to another person, this hurt, you, sh you should allow yourself to feel. This hurt, nah. You can't make that, you, you can't make that for somebody else. Right, but I think Each individual needs to look at how holding on to this hurt and this emotion is serving them in the short, medium, and long term. Let's, let's say you're slighted by, by your friend and you hold a grudge for years and it pushes you out of your social circle and you're isolated did holding on to that hurt serve you serve you no but what my sister susanna would say is the idea of okay so just let go of that hurt is doesn't work because until you've identified kind of why you feel that hurt, where that's coming from. Is that, is that triggering something that you need to deal with? Then just letting it go or pushing it down, uh, using her words from our conversation earlier today, uh, that's just gonna smolder. So this idea of, nope, it's not serving me, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna push it down and pretend it's not there or, you know, I, using air quotes, let it go. I don't even know what that means, let it go. 
That is a very good point. And actually, the Stoics agree with Susie on that. That when there is the hurt, you should look at it and actually look at why you're hurt, look at it objectively, explore it without emotion. Look at look at the if this is if this makes any sense, but look at the hurt without putting emotional value on it. And then you can make a clearer path forward to let it go, to explore it more, to respond, but sort of trying to look at it from that perspective without the emotion wrapped up in it to then be able to get to the point where maybe you can let it go. So this goes to some of the neuroscience around this, I think kind of, or you're making a perplexed face. Yeah. Allow me to explain what I'm thinking. You're a neuroscientist and I am, I'm a stoic. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely not a neuroscientist, but I read a lot. And uh, one of the things that I've recently been thinking a fair bit around is this idea, and we were talking about this actually recently, when you're in the throes of that emotional hurt and feeling, the more rational side of your brain is kind of shut down, right? Like you can't be in panic mode. This is what I was recently exploring. You can't be in panic mode at the same time you're in thoughtful planning mode. It's really hard for your brain to do both of those things at the same time. So perhaps what the Stoics were saying without actually saying it is that you have to find a way to create enough distance from that emotional upheaval to allow yourself to look at the source of that feeling and whether or not that feeling is serving you and where it came from and really try to uncover it without the cloud of the heightened emotion and hurt. And then that gives you the ability to choose what to do with it. What to do with it. Because you choose. Oh my gosh. We got through this whole podcast and ultimately came to agreement on so many things. It's highly unusual. We chose to agree. <laughs> <laughs>